and welcome into the Solidarity Sports Network. We are back with more football talk. We took, you know, a week off, talk about some of the other sports, give some other sports recognition. We were horribly incorrect on baseball, but we will try again. Uh, the Braves are eliminated, and that was our Solidarity pick. So hopefully you didn't waste your money on them. Uh, they were not a good bet anyways, because they were probably like one of the top betting odds anyways. But uh, yeah, we're back into our pocket, back into our comfort zone with football. And it is me, Tyler Kastner, joined with Stevan Smith. Glad that this isn't another baseball episode. Let's just say that. Let's just say that. <laughs> and John Paul Jackson wrecked. I'm so shocked the Astros beat the Twins. I'm so floored that your guys' AL prediction didn't go through. I can't believe the Twins okay, aren't in the World Series. You know what? Series. You picked the Orioles, so shut up. <laughs> I, I had I had the Diamondbacks on upset alert, so I'm, I'm taking half credit. I didn't I didn't stamp it, but I, I did. I point saw it a out. stat that was like after the Braves lost the, the the second game, it was like the top seeds, like five teams, were like one in twelve in the yeah. playoff games, and like technically one in thirteen because then because the, then because the, then they lost like three one or whatever. So yeah, like all the top five, the five top teams, the Bra- the Rays were swept. The um, the Dodgers were swept, and like the Braves were the only one to win a game. So yeah, yeah, we can sucks. we can go into MLB. Clearly, needed to change their playoff format, but that's yeah, obviously right. another time. Right, this is a football episode, though. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. <laughs> Let's get back on track. Um, yeah, no, we we can definitely talk about those playoffs uh, another time. But for now, uh, NFL rocking and rolling into Week Six. Tyler, um, yeah, I have a question for you. Sure. Who is the best team in the NFL right now? Yeah, I mean it's pretty pretty easy. Uh, and if you disagree, mm-hmm. you're 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 fucked in the head. <laughs> but yeah. it's the San Francisco Forty Nine ers. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But to me, it is very clearly uh, the San Francisco Forty Nine ers are the best team in the NFL. Um, I mean, they had supposedly the hard game last week against Dallas, and it was not hard at all. Um, it looked just like it did in the playoffs. So we can say that the playoff game wasn't a fluke. It was a clear and definitive stomping. Um, the Cowboys defense is not as good as the 49ers defense. Um, Dak Prescott is not as good as Brock Purdy. That's for sure. That's uncontroverted, I think, at this point. And uh, Tony Pollard wishes he was CMC. So, I mean, just in every phase, um, CeeDee Lamb is, is not Debo. Every phase, the, the Niners are above the Cowboys. Um, and that leaves only the Eagles, really, as their competition. And I think they play each other in the next com- couple weeks. Am I wrong? Yeah, they play each other in, in November. Yeah. December so 3rd. That, or December 10th. That's going to be... That's going to be the mini NFC championship. I mean, unless seating is weird and, and they, they, you know, they uh, eliminate someone else before that or whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, or they have to play each other before the NFC championship, potentially. Um, the, the, the Niners have, have just been rolling. Um, I want to say that Brock Purdy is legit. We have, you know, a couple times said, oh, you know, with the playoffs last year, it's like, oh, it, de- it depends if Brock Purdy is real or if this is just a fluke. And then coming into this season, we said, oh, well, you know, is, it's still, is he still injured? And is was that just a fluke? And every step of the way, he's just proven everybody wrong. He is good. He is just good. 
he is making the reads. It's good that he's in a good system and he has a great coach and a great team and all that. But you know what? That's what Tom Brady had, right? And no one's not saying that Tom Brady is the best quarterback of all time. He just had Bill Belichick and he just had a good offensive system that worked. And and then they started getting him wide receivers that worked for him. And, and he had a good defense throughout many of those years. So, I mean, we, we can sit here and like talk about other people, but Brock Purdy's playing great. Um, I think he's in the top five for MVP odds. I think that might be a little much. I'm still riding the CMC train, but we'll get to that later. And uh, yeah, I think that's all I have to say. I, I mean, we know my take here. I uh, look. I'm not. <laughs> I wrote it down as Brock is a scheme QB, but that's not what I mean. I I just. I, I have said, and I will admit that I think he's a good QB. I think he's a serviceable QB, serviceable QB, and like we've seen that with similar tools, QBs can fail. For example, a la Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, that being said, I just like with the top five of MVP odds, I've heard from certain 49ers fans a lot of extrapolation from this, especially considering one, he still hasn't played a full season of football just uh and it it's just he's a good qb he fits well in the scheme and he's he does what he needs to do which is something the 49ers haven't had since frankly kaepernick uh so it it's good for them i'm happy for them it's good to see the seahawks 49ers rivalry finally getting into gear again uh that being said i'm not elev- like i it's still too early for me to fit him into a NFL QB tier list uh, or anything like that. Extrapolated. Okay, look. Okay, calm down. I'm not talking no, about no, Gino. He's right. he's right. I'm talking he's about right. Purdy. He's right. All right, he's calm right. yourself. <laughs> but like, as I said, it's just it's uh we haven't seen him long enough to like take him into the higher echelons of QBs. Top like, five all time. Top five. Like, all time. I, 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 yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, let so, 49ers fans, you know, on Facebook or Twitter tell it he's like the second coming of Joe Montana. On God, like, so they they know. want the Tom Brady story so bad with this. <laughs> uh, so anyway, he's a good QB. I'll give it up to the 49ers. Thank God they found Brock Purdy, or else that Trey Lance thing would have been. Uh, that, that that would have been the story of the franchise for the next ten years until they yeah, finally John Lynch built got another an team. Extension, matter of fact, instead of getting fired yeah, like he should have. I didn't know he got an extension. That's crazy. Yep, yep. Uh, so anyway, yeah. Uh, just just tempering that. I'm glad they found someone good and someone because they they're way too talented to let a bad QB ruin uh ruin the the chance they have to rival the Eagles and you know have an Eagle supremacy in the NFC. So anyway, just want to temper it. Good QB, he could be great, but we haven't seen that yet. Okay, so my take here is going to be a little bit unique from the two of you on Brock Purdy. But first, I want to say, yes, the San Francisco 49ers look like the best team in football right now. It's pretty undeniable that they have been through the first five weeks. However, the Philadelphia Eagles are still undefeated, ladies and gentlemen. And to my argument for Barely. the Eagles still being the best team is that like, <laughs> well, yeah, but like, but my argument for them being the best team playing a little devil's advocate here is I think that there's another gear that they have that they haven't even hit yet. You know, like they're start, they're seeing the, the loss of, especially Shane Steichen, like their offense kind of is spotty and they used to, they were one of the best red zone teams in NFL history last year. 
And then this year, they all of a sudden, like, you know, just stall in the red zone for no reason. And, you know, Jake Elliott is like their MVP. I saw a stat that was like, Jake Elliott scored more points than like, you know, several NFL teams to start the, to start the year because he's been, you know, killing it, kicking field goals and whatnot. Yeah. So I think that the fact that they're still 5-0 and and arguably haven't really played all that great to me, lets you know that by the end of the year, they're probably going to be the best team. They also haven't played anyone great. Well, I know, but like, but like, but the 49ers' first great team was the Cowboys. So, like, you know, that, that, that was the first team and they stopped them. I get it. But what I'm saying is, I just think that the, the Eagles have another gear to get to, whereas this is the best the 49ers have looked probably in this whole era or whatever. I don't really think they can get much better than they look right now. So. Yeah, so like well, that's my that's my argument for the Eagles is that like once they get to that level and we'll see what happens on December third. It's in Philadelphia. If the Niners beat the Eagles in Philadelphia like they beat the Cowboys, obviously that's gonna you know change my opinion on that. But I'm still riding with the Eagles in the NFC. I do think that that will be the NFC Championship game, barring any major injury and whatnot. But yeah, I'm still rocking with the Eagles. The Eagles have a great defense, and then they have a they have a great offensive line like the 49ers. And they have clearly the better quarterback. So, like, you know, they have pretty much, like, every advantage, you know, like like that. Um, but one thing about Brock Purdy that, uh, that kind of split the difference between the two of you, I think that Brock Purdy is a he's a great story. They're going to make a 30 for 30 on him one day. Like, it, it's great. <laughs> like, he's a guy. No, no, you, you laugh, but I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like, he's no, no, no. genuinely, I, I, yeah, he's genuinely about, yeah. one, of the, one of the best stories I've seen in my lifetime, you know, watching sports. Like, it's great to see. And he's another example of a guy that, like, where intangibles sort of matter a lot. Like, he's not the most athletic. He's not the most, you know, like, accurate downfield. Where he doesn't have the best arm. But he just has that, you know, that those intangibles that make a winning quarterback. But one thing that is that people are kind of missing, I think, with a lot of this is that you you can put probably half of the league's QBs on the 49ers right now, like nearly half of the, the QBs in the league right now, and they would still be 5-0 and is my argument. So when you're assessing Brock Purdy, you have to think to yourself, if you put X quarterback on another team, on the 49ers, are they doing the same or better? I think that there are like seven or eight that I can name off the top of my head right now. They would clearly be doing better. Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, uh, Lamar Jackson. Doing better than Jaylen undefeated? Do, well, doing, like, doing the same or better than they are right <laughs> now. Yeah. Like their, their offense scoring 30 points and whatnot. Like they would be like, if Mahomes were on the 49ers, they'd be scoring 50. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's just that's just a fact. Well, yeah, that's why and Brock so, Purdy's like me, the fifth finish. to seventh best quarterback. Not I know, the but best. let me let me finish what, let me finish what I'm saying. So if you put Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, you know Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence is another name I'd throw out there. Tua Tagovailoa would probably be doing the same, if not better. So there's like seven or eight quarterbacks right there. That that's like eight off the top of my head. Where like he's clearly not as good as those guys. Then you have guys that are arguable. Can you definitively say that if Kirk Cousins were on the 49ers right now, that they wouldn't be doing the same thing? No, like they probably would be. You know, Kirk Cousins, I know, is older, and you'd probably rather have Brock Purdy because he's younger and whatnot. But, you know, would, would Jared Goff, who's having like a great year with the Lions right now, would, would they be, you know, doing the same thing with Jared Goff? I think so. So, Gino like, <laughs> you know what? Geno mm-hmm. Smith is a, is a good example, too. Like, you know, he was a pro bowler last year, you know, was, was, was really, really, he led the league in completion percentage and whatnot. And, you know, DK Metcalf is good, but he's not Debo Samuel, you know, like they got like a tight, they got George Kittle, 
So, yeah, I mean, you can say that Brock Purdy's having a good year and you can say that, you know, you believe in his sort of intangible ability to win football games without elevating him like to this upper echelon that I don't really think he's there quite yet. So when you're assessing Brock Purdy, you have to think to yourself, if you put XQB in the same on the same team, that they would be doing the same thing. And I think you could probably say that for around half of the league's quarterbacks, personally. So, All right. so, so me, give him credit while also, not, while also not recognizing what we're seeing, you know. All right, let me carry that out. Kirk, ver- Kirk for a uh, uh, Purdy swap. The Vikings are definitely more better than one and four right now with Purdy. Like, I mean, I so I, I we can play that game all day. I don't really I don't, know. Yeah, I don't know if I, I agree so. with that. Because Kirk's leading the league in passing yards and touchdowns. Purdy has nine touchdowns in five games. So, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's... It's not Purdy doesn't like have Kirk's... how many turnovers? Five turnovers? Six turnovers? I, I get it, but like at the same yeah, time, he it's throws like, five yard yeah, down exactly, routes. Exactly. What the fuck? Exactly. It's not throwing to Justin Jefferson. Oh, oh, Kirk Cousins is fumbling snaps out here. Okay, we're not talking about downfield. I mean, he does get picked off downfield, but he also doesn't hold onto the football very well. All well right? Kirk Cousins so, has I always mean, had a fumbling problem, but but yeah, I've... and Purdy does not. So I think there are definitely there's definitely all right, one all more right. game You're out right. of this. I'll give it to Brock Purdy. He can definitely feel the snap. I think something yeah. that everyone in this call can also do. So let's, yeah. I think he deserves the MVP award for that one alone. I want to move on because we've talked yeah. way more than Brock Purdy than I care to. But before we move on from the Niners, who do they lose to this year? Like on God, look at the their e- schedule uh, right now. At, yeah, let me look that up. But I would say the, the I think they lose the Eagles because the of Eagles course you are fucking home. think they lose to the Eagles. No, but, but like <laughs> they're if they, if the Niners were at home, I would probably pick the Niners. To be honest with you, sure, like, that's fine. They go, to, like, they go to Philadelphia, and you know division I, games happen. You know, like the Seahawks might get them once. You know, that's like, you my never, point. You never is know. like the re- I mean, their next two games are the Vikings and the Bengals. I doubt they s- stumble there. The Bengals uh, and you got would be the, a nice test because like, you got the Jags who lost to the Texans, to... the Bucks a little bit. The Bengals might be a nice test. That's funny. Uh, the no, Seahawks Burrow's starting to get his starting to get his legs back. Yeah, up, yeah. No, Bengals so, like that be. might be a good like he he'll, and that will finally be a, a case where like clearly the better quarterbacks on the other side. So we'll see you know like what Purdy can do there if it's like a game winning drive type situation. Oh, well, how perfect. He plays Kirk Cousins, so he can stack them up against each other. Well, right yeah, there. but Jefferson's on IR now. Like, we're going to get to that in a second. Oh, like, yeah. oh, do we have excuses for Kirk Cousins and the Vikings? All right, but that's – my point is they have a very weak schedule. I don't think they have a trouble with the Bengals because even with Burrow doing whatever, their fucking defense blows. They got to play the Seahawks twice. Uh, I mean, and on, that's sort of my thing. It's like those three <laughs> games right there are like the only three games – like they might stumble against the Jags or the Bucks, maybe, but like – the Seahawks, Eagles, Seahawks, that's like not Hard even just goals. boasting about the Seahawks. It's just a division rivalry thing. You never know if they fuck yeah, exactly. up one of those. And and maybe, the, maybe the Rams, maybe the Rams with Cooper Cup, you know, might get them. Well, yeah, I, if, I think time. the only yeah. chance uh, in that situation, that's week 18. Uh, that's, that's so weird to say. But, you know, if if they're 16 or if, yeah, if they're 16 and 0 at that point. You know, do they play for the seventeen zero, or do they just cruise yes. to the number one seed? You know, um, so anyway, that was just sort of a quick thing because the Eagles, like Dolphins, uh, Commanders, they, the they almost too. lost they the Chiefs too. They Cowboys, the Chiefs, Chiefs too. Bills, Niners, Cowboys, Seahawks. Like, I could see them losing any team in the next eight weeks that they play. You know. That, yeah, that's the sort Eagles of have a point. rough schedule. Like that's yeah. that's a tough next eight weeks for them versus 
versus the Niners, who like again, Vikings, Bengals, Jags, Bucks. Like that's not comparable to Dolphins, Commanders, Cowboys, Chiefs. Like th- those just aren't the same. So I'm um, not mm-hmm. to say that losing a game will make them worse than the Niners necessarily because they're going against harder opponents, but just like in terms of you know, because w- w- likely the as you said, the NFC Championship will be the 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 Eagles versus the 49ers, which correct me if I'm wrong, last year it was in Philadelphia, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. So yeah, this year, with this schedule, if it's in San Francisco, are we looking at a different story? That's sort of my point, is that like with this easier schedule, it might not matter who's better. You know, like if they're yeah, if they're if, close and it's in San Francisco, that might be the difference. That could also if do Purdy, a disservice to that could also do a disservice to the 49ers because like, you know, they won't be tested all year and then all of a sudden the Eagles roll up in there. Well, they're facing then, the Eagles, so I don't really well, once, yeah. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. But, but the, the, well, once, that, but, they're yeah. playing the Eagles in Philly. That can't get any harder than that. If the NFC Championship, if they get the home field advantage, having already played the Eagles for one, and then two, getting the home field advantage, and three, if Brock Party doesn't fucking tear his elbow apart. Um, I mean, it, it to me at this point, and we'll, you know, we'll see how that game goes. It's really hard to imagine them losing the NFC Championship um, at home, mm-hmm. healthy. And having seen the Eagles once, I mean, it's it's going to be to be a tall task. Um, All right, now let's yeah, go to we'll, someone they play, Tyler. I know yeah, you've yeah, been yeah. dying <laughs> to talk about. We'll go to the, the Vikings. Vikings. So we talk about this Kirk for Purdy trade, which is pretty interesting because uh, Kirk has officially come out and said he will not waive his no trade clause. I didn't realize he had a no trade clause. Um, so he's going to stay put. In general had no trade clauses. What the fuck? Yeah, that's no, they're crazy. really yeah. common. <clears throat> Russ did had no trade. Russ plus. had one, yeah, yeah, uh, right. yeah. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Okay. I think pretty much all quarterbacks get, not all, but like your franchise quarterbacks, like Burrow Mahomes got one. Um, you know, uh, so anyways, Kirk said he's not going to waive his no trade clause. He's going to stay put, uh, which is, I think, pretty upsetting because I think the prospect, I mean, I don't know what they're doing. It's a toxic relationship, right? It's like your abusive uh, X that you can't get away from. Um, it's really Jesus terrible because Christ. the city of Minnesota has done nothing wow. for Kirk Cousins. Kirk That's... Cousins would have playoff wins, potentially a Super Bowl win if he was anywhere else. If he was in San Francisco instead of Jimmy Garoppolo, they win a Super Bowl for sure. Yeah. So, Which was a possibility at one point, by the way. Right, exactly, yeah, exactly. Was, yeah. The city of Minnesota has not been kind to him. I mean, okay, no, the city has loved him and embraced him. The the team, the organization has done him no favors in his career. I, if I was Kirk Cousins, I would have jumped at the opportunity to get out. And if it was to New York Jets, which is, I mean, I think it might just be Twitter talking about that. Maybe it wasn't actually real. But if, if I had an opportunity to get on the Jets right now, I know that their situation is bleak right now, but they could still make a run for the wild card. And then once you're in and you have the superior team, then we can figure it out later. He's got a Garrett Wilson, which is a Justin Jefferson com- comparison, not as good as Justin Jefferson, of course. Um, so that being said, I think this is uh, very unfortunate for Kirk Cousins, and he's going to be stuck. He's going to go down with the ship. He's on a one-year contract. I mean, they might extend. They might give him another year just as a loyalty deal if they bring in a rookie to coach him up a- as a transition year. But um, I mean, there's just no future for Kirk Cousins, and uh, and the Vikings are going down. So, uh, seven. The floor is yours. <laughs> okay, so obviously I picked the, you know, speaking of the NFC Championship game, I picked the Vikings to go this year. Uh, 
you know, not necessarily over the Niners, but that was my thought. You know, that, that they would probably be the Niners that they beat or whatever. But yeah, the, this it's not been a good year, obviously. And the cherry on top is that Jefferson's on IR. Because it looked like, you know, at the end of the Chiefs game, they had a, they had a game winning, they had a, like a game tying drive or whatever. If Jefferson had been out there, maybe they, you know, tie the game and go into overtime or something like that. But yeah, the, the season is is lost now with, with Jefferson gone. And... <clears throat> There definitely is a question as to whether or not I know he waived his no trade clause or, or he wouldn't waive his no trade clause rather, but there's an open question in Minnesota as to whether or not like, you know, maybe he turns an ankle in like week six and they sit him for the rest of the year or something like that. Obviously, if he's healthy, you know, you want him to play or whatever. But like if he gets nicked up a little bit because he does take a lot of sacks, right? Like that's another thing. So maybe, you know, yeah. he gets slightly injured. They decide to just put him on the like IR essentially by just not playing him. And then they tank for Caleb Williams or whatever. Because, like, I think as of right now, they'd have the fourth pick. So, like, you know, Drake May or Quinn Ewers would be there. But, like, obviously everybody wants Caleb. We'll talk about Caleb Williams a little bit a little bit later. But I think that what you just said about Kirk Cousins, I, I, sort, of disagree, I sort of disagree with it. I think that the Vikings, in terms of, like, scheme and offense, have done everything for Kirk Cousins. They traded for TJ Hawkinson in the middle of the year. Traded a lot of draft capital for him too. I think it was like a, like a second or third round pick, and like a couple of picks later. So they traded. They got him a tight end. They they obviously they got Jefferson. You know, like they arrived around the same time. So he's got the best wide receiver in football. He has to this to this point in the year the best tight end in football. And with their first round pick, you'd think that they would like draft one of the like Nolan Smith or Miles Murphy or something like that. They draft him another receiver. So like you know what I'm saying, the offense is the offense is great under Kirk. He leads the league in passing yards. I think he's set, he's I think he's like first or second in passing touchdowns too. So like they've done everything in terms of like you know getting the pieces around him to make him successful offensively. It's just their defense sucks and they turn it over too much. So if you're Kirk Cousins, like I would want to stay in Minnesota because like what other situation in the league are you going to want to go to? That's like New York you Jets. Know, <laughs> the, the jet. Everybody says that. I, I don't really think that. First of all, like Garrett Wilson is not on Justin Jefferson's level and not comparable. I don't think. And also, they don't have a tight end. They don't. They don't really have. They have um, two. Well, no, but like that are good. Like they don't really have a good. T- they don't have Uzama a good tight and end. Conklin. Yeah, but they're not T.J. Hawkinson, right? Like they're like you know what I'm saying. Like they don't have a good tight end. Oh, well, they yeah. don't really have a really a good wide receiver too. Lazard. Okay, like, because they're not one of the best tight ends in the league does not mean they have a good tight end. They have two good tight ends. They don't no, have a great don't. tight end. No, they don't. Well, the tight end all position right, in general. Right. Well, the tight end position in general does kind of suck. So maybe they're like okay in that like average sense. But I just don't think that there's any situation in the league including the Jets that like if you're Kirk Cousins at this point in your career you want to go to he's a pocket passing quarterback he loves to sit in the pocket and pick defenses apart and in Minnesota he that they've built their offense around like that ability so I think he stays in Minnesota but I don't really see like a, a great you know future for them in terms of you know, contending and stuff like that. It just it it is a mess, but I do think that he'll end up staying because I don't really see any other place that he would that he would go and be successful. I also want to compare his situation very briefly, very brief tangent, uh, because I wanted to talk about this, but I don't think we'll have time for a whole segment on it. Uh, he's in a very similar situation, frankly, to Russell Wilson right now. Like on God, 
I know it's a meme, but for real, look at Russ's stats. <laughs> he's actually putting. Yeah, he's playing. He's, he's playing, playing out like year, on, yeah. like for real. John Payton fixed that offense. The defense sucks. I have no idea what the hell they did in the last year to make that defense suck that bad. Because what what was the theme of last year? Russ couldn't score a touchdown. Yeah, and they were losing yeah. one score games. They were losing games ten to seven. You know, Who like, knew Bradley Chubb was that important to the defense, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Like, and so anyway, I, I just want to. I just want to like, say. You know. I just want to sort of. Oh jeez. Uh, I just I just want to tout my flag around and say, uh, I was right about Russ. Uh, I was wrong about the Broncos because Russ managed to find a good. They they fixed his issue. Uh, is he worth the money? That's a whole different story. But that being <laughs> said, I didn't think Sean Payton would, and you know the general manager would be able to take the defense down that hard. So anyway, they got issues there. I just sort of I, because the narrative is still like. Russ is the problem. Russ is the problem. Russ is the problem. When they're putting up thirty points a game. So anyway, uh, we can uh, that go transitioning back to, uh, uh, Kirk Cousins. The Vikings. The Vikings. You know, it's it's sort of they do have the option to get rid of Kirk Cousins, and I'm sure Tyler has a path of how they can do that. Um. Well, no. I mean, if he's not going to waive his no trade clause. <clears throat> There's really no path unless they trade him against his will. I mean, they could maybe like set up a, uh, set up a deal and then bring it to Kirk because it's it's one thing to say like I'm not going to wave over anything speculative, but if it's like I'm trying to think who might be in other than the Jets who might be a, a good situation. Um, I can't think of one. Uh, the Falcons See, yeah, there maybe. Are, there are, Falcons, I mean, yeah, there are uh, many. Mm-hmm. Atlanta. I think there are teams where it could still work that he would be willing to go to. Yeah, I, I think Atlanta comes to mind. They want to run it, but, they, I mean, they just have a competent passer. They could still let him hand it off. So, yeah, let's say, like, Atlanta, New York might be good options. Um, if they come and say, hey, look, Kirk, like, Minnesota's Carolina. coming to him and say. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be, that'll be the ultimate, like, you know, Bry- uh, Bryce Young is a bust thing. They bring Kirk Cousins midseason after drafting him number one. Yeah. Um, no, but if. If Minnesota, <laughs> that's yeah. Andy Dalton. If Minnesota <laughs> came to Kirk Cousins and say, "Hey, Atlanta's offering us a second round pick, and we think this is really good. We really want this for the franchise, and we think you're going to have success in Atlanta." Whatever they, they really talk him into it. I think there is a scenario where Kirk would, if it was uh, approached to him right, and because he does care about the organization, if he knew that it was leaving them in a better place, I think. I don't think he's so selfish to say, I rather run this into the ground than leave the team in a good position. Right. So I think there is some of that. But other short of that, I mean, he's going to be there the rest of the year. Uh, again, I think they re sign him. I think they'll re sign him to a very team friendly deal. Oh, yeah. Like they're not going to sign him they, to like a long term contract, but they're, yeah, they're no, going to It'll be back. a one year, 30 million deal, something like that. Um, and Why? then they will. You know, I, I, uh, what if like they're, they're they, have they won a game? They haven't won a game. Have they? No, they won. They beat, Car- they beat Carolina. Oh, they beat Carolina. <laughs> you know, uh, that being said, yeah. there's, this is such a loaded QB class. Like this is sort of what I, what, what I was segueing into. It's such a loaded QB class. The Caleb Williams isn't the best QB tank is, you know, it's, it's an exaggeration. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to stake my flag on that, but Penix is very good. Bo Nix is very good. There's some uh, underrated QBs in that class as well. I mean, I look, if you watched Drake the game May. last night, what? Drake May. Drake May, yeah. Drake if May you watched if Drake you May watched the USC 
game, uh, Notre Dame game last night and you watched the Oregon versus UW game last night, one of those games had two great QBs and the other game was struggling to produce offense. And that and the the, the game with two great QBs, that was Bo Nix and uh and Penix. <laughs> Spoiler alert. No, I, I love I love Penix. I just like Bo Nix just has NFL bust written. But my point is just, that I don't like my it. point my point is that if you are the Minnesota Vikings right now and you're sitting here with one win on your record with a tough remaining schedule and you look at the situation I'm not saying tank, but like at the end of the day, you don't have to get to the bottom of the barrel to to get a top QB this year. You know, you don't have to be the Chicago Bears. Yeah. You, yeah, that is that is true. Yeah. So you and you, you're, you're you're you can get Penix like, like mid first round probably. You can get Penix or something. I'm not like saying that, tank, but at the end of the day, if you're losing games anyway because your star wide receivers out, you got an old ass QB that's on his way out the door. You know, you don't got to trade him if you can trade him. Good, like big ups. And I, that's sort of what I would I would go to Kirk Cousins with. I would say, hey, here's an offer we have on the table that can get you in a situation and a guaranteed deal. We're going away from you. Like after this, yeah, year. that that's the thing. Yeah, you're on a one year deal. We are looking at draft capital. We are recruiting. We our recruiters really like these options. Uh so, and we're gonna we're gonna go for them. Uh and we don't see you in our future. Would you like to take this deal? Right, and I think these are, these are all the things that might play out. And to me, the fact that he's not waiving his no trade clause again, to me, that he come out and said that Kirk Cousins is not a very public guy. I mean, mm-hmm. I know he did the Netflix show, but and he does commercials <clears throat> and like he does, he's public in terms of like marketability and stuff like that. But he's not like you not, know. he's not airing his personal grievances. Exactly. Right? He's not exactly. Antonio he's not Brown. He's not a diva. He's not, he's not diva. James Harden. Um, so uh, I think the fact that he came out and said he's not waiving his no trade clause means that there has been a discussion. Um, but it, I mean, JP, full solidarity with all the like the logical aspect, like us sitting here, it makes total sense that the Vikings should draft their quarterback of the future, not hold on to a 35 year old, move off of him. They put him on a one year deal for a reason, so they're not tied to him. If I'm Minnesota, I surely would like to get a second round pick, get him out the door move on, fully embrace the transition, not have to worry about re-signing him and be in limbo for another year. And just let's get going. Because Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson also has not signed an extension yet. They need to lock him down. And I think Justin Jefferson- They, they will, they will. Like he, he's going to get well, the biggest well, like contract that you could well, probably get. Well, here's my point get. is I, at this point, Justin Jefferson should not sign with the Minnesota Vikings, in my opinion. He is way too good. He's going to be another Calvin Johnson at this rate. He's going to waste his whole fucking career doing nothing. And he is going to be one of the top 10 well, What all receiver time. do you know that doesn't take that first contract? What receiver of his caliber has never ha- has not taken that first contract? Nobody. What receiver of his caliber is of his caliber? <laughs> you know, there's... The, there that's what I'm saying. Really like, Calvin been... Johnson took the first contract. You know, Larry Fitzgerald took the first... Like, everybody who is in his position takes that first big contract. So there is no... There is a 0% percentage. Yeah, but Larry Fitzgerald went to a Super Bowl after he took the contract. Like... No, but I'm, I, I get what you're saying. They, they were all... Every the single one that you're talking about has been in a better situation than the Vikings with an aging Kirk Cousins. If you sign Kirk Cousins to a one-year deal and you're Justin Jefferson, what are you doing? Like, it, it's, it's an entirely different situation. Yeah, I, I think there's, to me, there's a 0% chance he doesn't take the money up front. Because, like, he's young. He's, like, what is he, like, 22 still? Like, my, there, there's no but, way he doesn't take it. But, no Stevan, what team no in the league is not going to offer yeah, that, exactly. Like, there's no reason you need to do it with Minnesota. Any team will give you th- five years, $150 million easily. 
I mean, but no contenders have the money for that. Like, you know, the, the Bengals just signed, you know, what's his name to it? Like, you know, uh, Joe Burrow to a huge extension or whatever. Like what other t- contending team is going to, it doesn't offer- even have to be a contending team. It has to be a team that doesn't have a corpse at quarterback and no defense. Like it can be any other team. It could be the freaking Cardinals. Can't, wait, can't, the, can't the Viking? Can't the Vikings offer him more than like other teams? So it's not like the NBA. Where it is like not like the NBA. Uh, okay, okay, th- th- that that's probably where I was where I was missing it because I'm thinking like the the hometown thing where it's like oh, yeah, there's no supermax or anything else. like that. Yeah. All right, okay. so, so let me let me just okay. finish my my point because I think system. I will acknowledge that people in his position tend to, and and it's very uh, rare that you would see somebody not just stick with yeah. the team. I think that is unfortunate because I think that creates this uh, fake loyalty to a franchise just because they drafted you and then you end up getting stuck somewhere. And I also think that in the past, that might have been that might have been an old school way of thinking that, you know, oh, they drafted me, they invested in me, I got to invest in them, blah, blah, blah. Justin Jefferson is, I, I think, uh, league breaking. I think he's potentially has the opportunity to be culture breaking. And you could see guys like, I mean, I think Jamar, Jamar Chase is in a good spot, so he's not really the comparison. Uh, maybe Garrett Wilson, who's like, okay, you have no succession plan for Aaron Rodgers. Why am I going to sit here with Zach Wilson? Please. Um, At least he has a good Chris defense. Chris Olave. Uh, yeah, that's true. Chris Olave could say, really, you have no succession plan for fucking Derek Carr. He sucks. I'm out of here. So I think Justin Jefferson has the opportunity to set a trend for a new class of receivers where receivers are – their value, I think, over – the last five years has completely skyrocketed. I mean, you see Devonte Adams, Tyreek Hills deal. Um, so I think that there is a unique opportunity for Justin Jefferson to buck that trend and say, you know what? No, fuck it. I am the best wide receiver in the league. I'm going to go get paid like it. And I'm going to go play where I want to play. Plus also yeah, I'm looking at it. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. Like every, like Tyreek Hill took the first contract. Stefan Diggs took the first contract with Minnesota. Now he, he eventually like said, I want to, but be each one traded. of those had but a like QB. Every- they wanted to stick around and play with. Yes. That's my point is each one of those. And, and as you know, a wide receiver is very dependent on its relationship with the quarterback. It's it's a big risk to take that money and go uh, with a different team that you might not gel with the quarterback with. You know, you gel with that quarterback. But my I point mean, is, with Kirk Cousins. Is there like a rift between the two of them? Like, like I'm not saying there's a, a rift. He's old. He's, he's just old. He's got That's a one year deal. That's my like point is that if, you're, if you are Justin Jefferson, you're looking at it and you're going, Kirk Cousins will not be here by the end of this deal. I, I am risking it with the Vikings picking me a new quarterback or I'm risking it with another team picking me a new quarterback. So, and that's sort of the deal. And at least this way, this offseason, you can help make the selection of your next quarterback if they choose to get rid of him versus Which being moves locked me in. To the, yeah, that moves me to the path forward is all, all, all of this can be wrapped up by saying I think the Vikings would be best suited for their future, appeasing Justin Jefferson, not even have to worry about all this can of worms, appeasing him, by saying, hey, Justin, we have a plan for the future. Resign. We're, we're going to trade Kirk. We are picking a rookie QB. We are going to have a top 10 pick. We are willing to trade up if we need to. If we really think Caleb Williams is the guy, if you think Caleb Williams is the guy, we will invest and make that trade up. And uh, and all these things is said together. So I think uh, the the not doing either of those very clearly, not very clearly moving on for Kirk Cousins or not very clearly establishing a plan for the future leaves them in limbo. And, and JP, who asked like, why would they resign Kirk Cousins? Because why would they not resign Kirk Cousins? I mean, they're going to have a rookie quarterback. Again, they got to appease Justin Jefferson. They want to give him a position to succeed. 
Kirk Cousins is going to give you a better chance to succeed than even Caleb Williams next year. Uh, you like to not have to throw a rookie quarterback. I, on the yeah, field. you're right. I also so, I, that does fall into my philosophy. I like the idea of getting a rookie quarterback, having him learn from someone like Kirk, and then giving him the reins. I, yeah, I, I don't yeah, like was, this recent that's, trend. That's I know you guys do, but I don't like this recent trend of starting QBs day one. So, well, well, well okay, it, that depends on like who the that depends on the who the QB is. I wanted to kind of interject there. So, like, if your quarterback is Caleb Williams, you have to play it. Because like he's like you spent all this draft capital, like you gotta see what you got. Versus if you draft Penix fifteenth or something like that, yeah, you could sit him for a year. Who cares? You know what I'm saying? Like like the fans the fans and the organization is not gonna have as much pressure to play them right to play Michael Penix right away. But there definitely are for Caleb Williams. Like you spent the number one overall pick on this guy, you're paying him X million dollars and stuff like that. Like we have to see him. Like, you know, you don't like we have to see him play or whatever. So like the the trend, quote unquote is not about the fact that you play all rookie QBs. Obviously, Kenny Pickett shouldn't have played, you know, like, like <laughs> the, to start with. Just because he's a first-round QB doesn't mean that he should play. But if you spend a top-five pick on a quarterback, you should, you should play him, absolutely. That's, that's what I think the, that trend is. All right, that's fair. I can't argue that. Uh, yeah. So I think... So, well, and, and that, I, I don't think there's an answer to this, but that, again, just makes the situation even worse. The Vikings are trending towards a top 10 pick. They take a top 10 quarterback. That means they're going to start him based on, I think, that philosophy that I would agree with. So then you don't re-sign Kirk Cousins, and then Kirk Cousins is just bucked without a deal at 36. So, again, you should take the trade. Right, which is just <laughs> yeah. this whole situation is so fucked. Then there's not a clear answer out. The best answer out is that the Vikings get a, a pick fifteen and take Penix and want to sit him for a year, and then they can keep Kirk Cousins for a year, and then Kirk Cousins is still on a one year deal, and then after that at thirty seven, who's signing a thirty seven year old Kirk Cousins? I mean, it's just it's it's a. Uh, I don't think that the Vikings, and I will put this on record, the Vikings are not, they might win a playoff game. They are not winning an NFC championship game. I don't think they're making an NFC championship game in the next five years. This whole kerfuffle is setting the Vikings franchise back at least five years. Well, one thing's for sure that's that's out. I'm out on the Vikings. That's 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 I guess, that's <laughs> that, that is I, that that's kind of what we started the segment with or whatever. Like that, I am amending that take. I am you know I'm taking it back. Like the Vikings are, are not going to make it. I'm already. Okay, I'm sorry. There's no fucking way Shadur. Never mind. I, I can't get into this. I just I was looking up Mel Kuyper's, uh, uh oh, you on. know projected pick. I can't believe Shadur Sanders is projected to be the fifth overall pick. That's fucking insane to me. <laughs> The fifth overall pick, dog. Not even the fifth quarterback. Here's the thing. I I think those way too early drafts, personally, are just to get people talking about him. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's just insane. Because if you look at the actual draft board, like near the near the actual draft, and the ones that are way too early, like it's night and day. Yeah, like some of them are going to be like okay. Because, like, after this, it's like, oh, Caleb Williams isn't even a first. Like, th- you're probably going to hear people like, oh, is Caleb Williams even a first-round pick now because he just had a fucking terrible game? No, he's a first-round pick. He's going to be the number one overall pick. Stop it. Like, it's just it's, stop. All right. Well, uh, that's a lot of Purdy versus Cousins. I, I, I can't believe how long we spent on both of those. But uh, very interesting situations. And hopefully we have some uh, listeners, some fans out there who are as intrigued as we are. But we get into the nitty gritty here. That's what we are about on Solidarity Sports Network. 
And so uh, that's it for this one. We'll have another betting and fantasy episode for week six uh, coming out right after this. And uh, I think we're also going to get some award speculation, reassessing awards. Uh, You know, we took some preseason takes following up on those and uh, seeing the state of the the races now. And uh, so, yeah, we'll hear from you next time. Peace. Go Sonics. (laughs) 